people, welcome back to the Arsenio Buck Show, bringing to you today a very, very special edition. Now, this edition is probably the most heartfelt for me, because today marks the day of my five-year anniversary here in Thailand. My goodness. Guys, I still remember that May 6th day, leaving Las Vegas, seeing my mother cry. And my brother and my youngest sister just, you know, shrugging their shoulders. And this lady by the name of Linda, uh, who introduced me to Herbalife, picking me up and taking me all the way to the airport, giving me a hug and saying, do the best you can. I still remember going up to the luggage guy and the luggage guy was like, oh, so you're going to L.A., huh? I'm at, I told him, I said, I'm actually going to Bangkok. He said, oh, he couldn't believe it. When I had to check in outside McCarran International Airport out there in Las Vegas. Guys, this trip here is still so fresh in my mind because it was the day that marked everything in my life. Everything that I've ever wanted. I knew that day, that last day at McCarran International, that it would be the last day going back to uh, probably Las Vegas for an extremely long time. I do not miss Las Vegas not one bit. Five years, not one bit. I went back to America last year for just 10 days because I had to buy a whole bunch of stuff. And then I came back and I said, okay, I'll be back in another five to 10 years. But I might have to go visit. Well, I wouldn't even say that. I will go visit my grandma and my aunt and have a wonderful cuisine dinner, Puerto Rican food, probably for a couple of days in New York. See my godson, of course, from my best friend Andre. And, you know, go to Green Bay, Wisconsin, as promised, to go hang out and do a, uh, what is it, a CrossFit class with my guy from Wad Bud Suds. Man, <sighs> today marks that day. I still remember going, uh, getting on that plane and hearing, I don't know, there was a song that was very famous, it was Cupid by Lloyd, and I remember listening to that song, and when we took off Singapore Airlines, LAX was still like under construction, so the terminal was completely broken, and the next thing you know, there was an emergency on the board, you know, on, on board the plane, somebody had fallen down, of course, in business class, because there are a bunch of clowns in business class, and all these things happen, and next thing you know, this guy's over here from UCLA getting drunk next to me, he's like, man, where are you going, man, and apparently he was from Singapore, Funniest thing ever. Met a Japanese author on that plane, and I still remember from the back of my mind, I met this girl by the name of Tomoko. I can't remember her last name, but I'll give her a last name. as Nagasaki. No, I don't even know what it was. Honestly, I still remember her. She was a flight attendant. She came up to me. She put and rested her hand on my shoulder, and she said, Sir, is there anything else I can get for you? And I said, Love. <laughs> guys, I still remember her like I remember everything else that had taken place, guys, when I landed. And next thing you know, I got a 1,000 baht taxi meter. Literally horrible. I know, long story. Won't even get into it because today is about a great day of gratitude. I was supposed to, and I mean I was supposed to, have this particular person by the name of Mook, who might even listen to this podcast, pick me up at the airport. She didn't even show up with the friend. She's like, sorry. The other girl by the name of Ploy, she actually came late. And I said, oh, to hell with you guys. I'm leaving. So I went back to the airport. And I took all my luggage with me. I mean, not to the airport. I went to, of course, the hotel. And all this vibration is happening downstairs. But I do not give a damn. Because I got to tell the story. I went to my hotel. I met up with Luke and Ploy. I went to this province. And no, not even, not even. I had to meet my boss first at the mall. It's called Pratunam. 
which is basically a very, very low, uh, what is it, a low, I wouldn't say a low class mall, but it's basically like a big old market, you know what I mean, and then next to you know, I met that boss for the first time, and the moment I met her, and that face she had, I knew she was pure evil, and she was, she was, and it's a day of gratitude, because I'm so grateful for that pure evil, honestly, when I first met her, she was saying so many different things, she was like, uh, you know, when Thai people, you know, we, we're just very straightforward. We say, what? And what? What do you want? She was completely wrong. Thai people are nothing like that. If I would have gotten a job here in Bangkok, com- thing would have completely changed. But I'm glad it didn't. I'm glad I had to go through that pain. And so I've actually written down on my blog, if you guys tune into that, com, And it's been an unbelievable five years. And you know what? Those things that you see on there, the pictures... You know, they have a handsome guy. He's like, uh, what is it? Uh, it's like a Japanese guy. They put handsome. The black guy with earrings, they put ugly. And then they put pretty and someone else. When I started seeing these ads and saw the ad with the very, very white girl and the very dark black girl, you know, and them saying, if you're white, you're already a winner. And seeing this family with these Thai people painting their faces black. And, and seeing these racially influenced ads. So many different things. I've seen it all. And so this made up my conscious mind. This made up my subconscious mind. This made up everything that I was going through at that specific moment. And for two years, probably up to three years, honestly, probably even up to today, I created that into a reality. But it wasn't until 2016, again, when that Napoleon Hill came into my life that everything began to change. And so you guys see those first pictures. There are five pictures in which I created my reality basically into. But after that, I put the last two years. And if you look at those pictures of the last two years, everything had changed. It all started with, of course, going to Ho Chi Minh City and meeting four of the most unbelievable Vietnamese friends who I still speak to, I think, two of them today. Yeah, I still speak to two of them. And they're very hardworking, very amazing. And I still remember just a week before I actually went to Vietnam, I came across one of Jack Canfield's principles, and he said, believe in yourself. And when I went out, to the, went out there to Vietnam, I began to believe in myself. Everything started to change. And from Vietnam, you know, I went into, of course, Bali, Indonesia. And you guys see that picture of the, the, the native indigenous fire dancers, which are basically out of the game called Jungle Run. Jungle Run? Is that? Temple Run. Temple Run. There we go. Which was a hit about six year, seven years ago. That became a massive hit. You know, Temple Run. This is where that tradition is. When I saw that fire dance and had that 83-year-old Croatian lady look at me and say, you know what? You are a wonderful human being. And she was an immigrant. She immigrated, of course, immigrated over there to Australia. And I met this family and had this little boy saying, oh, my God, Arsenio, Arsenio, because he knew I was a teacher. And I, he just kept talking and talking. I was like, ah, so many different things happened to me that year. I still remember going into that airport, going back to Thailand. And I was so sad inside because I, I realized that Bali had really hit a very sweet spot of me. And just seeing how I was able to transform my reality into something so magnificent, just like last year. Last year, I was able to go do a Tough Mudder, go to Sedona, Arizona. Um, You guys see some of those pictures. And then doing those Spartan races. And the first one actually kicked off in July. And taking a picture of those four pictures that you actually see on the blog of Sheraton Hotel. Checkmarking that off my 101 goals list. Along with so many other things. All of this began to come to me. Why? Because you just got to let life happen. 
You can make life happen. It doesn't have to be a struggle. It's not a constant grind. And if it is a grind, it's a beautiful grind. A lot of people say hustle, hustle, hustle. A lot of people make this their motto. Um, you know, Vision of Vision Lakiani of uh, Mind Valley. He says that hustling is actually a very divisive term that you shouldn't use. It actually terminates relationships. Gary V over here says, you know what? You got to hustle and bust your ass to do this and do that to a certain extent. That's what I do all the time. But the thing is, I'm living. I don't even feel like I'm hustling. I'm just doing what I love to do. Inspire. And so going to Malaysia, doing that Spartan race, which was wonderful. I'm very grateful for that Spartan race, although it doesn't match, nowhere matches the Spartan race I did this year. And then, of course, doing going to Maldives and being able to see the most incredible gesture I've ever seen in my entire life. A woman who didn't even have to help me, but she did. Yeah, it was basically me going to Maldives without any U.S. dollar, no, no U.S. currency and no Maldivian currency. I went there. Thinking that I could just exchange some Thai bot into, of course, the Maldivian, whatever you want to call it. Rupiah, I think is that's what it is. And they said no. I used my, uh, what is it, my bank card three times. And the next thing you know, got blocked. And then I had to hurry up and call America. And they said, we got to cancel your card. I said, what? I got to stay here for three days. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Let me just hurry up and use this card to, to pay for my hotel and pay for another flight back to, of course, Thailand. But then there was a lady downstairs, and I remember I got a door knock. Guys, this is the experience. Five years, man. Five goddamn years. I remember I got a door knock, and it was this guy from Bangladesh. She was like, do not worry. All of your food is paid for. Please come downstairs. Okay, I kind of butchered the accent, but I was like, no, I'm just going to go home, man. I've just had such a, a horrible time. He said, no, no, no. Please come downstairs. And so I put some clothes on. I go downstairs. He said, please have dinner. I go down there, and of course, there was a lady there. She's like, hey, I saw you at the airport early. I was like, yeah, I shook your hand. She's like, what happened? She's like, I'm the manager. I said, oh, okay. I said, well, this happened. I got to leave. She's like, okay, wait, 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 wait. Now, let me, let me try to, uh, let me try to, I'm going to help you here. She's like, I'm going to pay for all your food. You already paid for the hotel. I'm going to pay for all your food. We're going to get you on these excursions and everything. I said, what? You're going to do that for me? She's like, Yeah. And then she saw me limping. She's like, what's wrong? I was like, oh, I have an open wound on my leg. Something ridiculous, like a freaking ingrown hair. She's like, oh, I could dress it. I said, what? She's like, yeah, I used to do medical school out there in Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan. I can help you. And she helped me. And in two days, that wound was gone. First time I ever had something ridiculous like that, too, on my leg. Boy, just incredible. And going through these experiences while living here, could I have done this in the wake of all that racism and in the wake of everything I've experienced out here in Thailand? I'm so grateful for all of it because look in at these pictures, staying at the Sintesa Jimbaran and Jimbaran in South of Bali, being able to go to Huhumale Inn and staying on Male in Maldives, being able to go to Ho Chi Minh City, being able to go to Kuala Lumpur almost five, I think it's at five times already, and being able... To finally get out and snap out of the ugly ass job that I was in. And of course I was there for three and a half years. That's it. That's that anniversary. Five years, guys. And now I can breathe. And you guys are hearing this basically. I would have to just say one week prior. But you already know what the circumstances are by the time I actually come back on. But, you know, just finally got a job offer paying me what I am supposed to be worth in a place that's only right down the street from here, probably about 40 minutes away. 
All of this happened because of patience, because of resiliency, and perseverance. Persevering through the, through the seemingly endless hate. But saying, you know what? I'm not going to take it out on these people because they don't know any better. I'm going to keep striving. And then at the beginning of 2016, when Napoleon Hill entered my life, I said, I need to enjoy. I need to enjoy life so much. I need to enjoy it. I haven't been doing anything. Went to Bali, Vietnam, Maldives, Malaysia five times. Of course, layovers in Singapore. Of course, going back to America. Of course, Korea and Japan, all those other places. It all happened because I didn't give up. And so here I am today on my fifth year anniversary saying, don't ever give up on your dreams. You gotta ignore the noise. That's the biggest lesson I've had here. Ignoring the noise. Man, I am so happy and grateful for being able to stick this out and to see what I've been able to transform a basically a dream into an unbelievable utopic reality. And it's all because of opinions of others saying that I'm not good enough. And I said, Haha, I'll show you. And of course, they all went away. But at the same time, I'm still going through those same things today. And of course, you guys heard my podcast before talking about, you know what? I just love difficulty. I don't like easy. I like people telling me that I'm not good enough. It protects me. And at the same time, when I get to that level, people are going to be like, I'm like, no, you can't. I'm going to need your hate. That hate that you always told me and said to me, the Nigerian scammer, this, that, please, you got to keep doing that. Because that's why I was able to go to the Maldives and Vietnam and Bali because I persevered through all the ignorance. Fifth year anniversary. Five years in Thailand. Am I content? Absolutely. I'm beyond content. Hell, I can't believe I've even even... I'm surprised I was even able to basically battle it out for this long. Because, I mean, at the end of the day... I was supposed to be a failure. I was supposed to give up like the rest of them. I was supposed to quit when I was, you know, so many different times and so many different jobs. But I said, Mm-mm, I can't do it. Not today. No. Man. And so now, as time unfolds, and now I have a content writer, and I'm collaborating, and I got people, these job recruiters, getting in contact with me. I got people on Twitter getting in contact with me. I got people all around the world listening to different things and promoting and sharing and doing this and doing that. It all happened because I didn't give up. If I did give up, I wouldn't be enjoying this right now. And so, in five years, what was my biggest takeaway from all of this? Never give up. You could put a period in between all three words. That all account for two of them. And then you could add one at the end if you want. But at the same time, you got to keep on creating your narrative. You have to continue writing your story. Because your story will inspire everyone else out there who are going probably through things that are similar in terms of your story. Guys, today is the ramble of positivity. It's time to be grateful, truly grateful. And with all your heart, you need to give back to what's out there. And it's called the universe. Give back that positive energy and pump as much positivity into The world, as you can, every day, because the world needs more of that. And with that being said, guys, thank you so much for all of you who have been listening to my podcast for so long. And, well, I'm just so grateful for all of you. And as as always, 
This is your host, Arsenio, as usual, over and out.